V imię Ojca i Syna i Świętego Ducha. Amen. Chrystus rozdaje się. Christ is born. So today uh, we begin uh, a new year and uh, it's going to improve everyone's eyesight because at least when we look at a calendar we're going to be seeing 2020. Okay. Um, but this is not just a celebration of the new year. As a matter of fact, the church year begins September 1st. Um, this is a celebration of the circumcision of the Lord and his naming. And it is also the feast of uh, St. Basil the Great, one of the truly great fathers uh, of the church. Now, uh, for us, it, it's difficult to understand uh, why this circumcision is uh, a big feast. Why do we celebrate this? Well, we celebrate it because our Lord has undergone circumcision not for himself, but for all of humanity. He has fulfilled the law so that now we can live in grace. Saint Irenaeus of Lyon in the second century uh, used to speak uh, of the fact that our Lord recapitulates every stage of human development and he does everything right. There are no wrong turns on his itinerary uh, as there have been in our lives. And this is one of those moments where uh, the Lord of the universe submits himself uh, to this ritual. But it is also uh, the day on which he receives that blessed name, uh, Jesus. Uh, and, and that name means that uh, God saves. So that truly is what he's all about. Today, a lot of people uh, have a name picked out for their child long before the child is born. And they, they speak of the child using that name. Um, instead of waiting for the eighth day when the naming of the child is supposed to take place, we actually have prayers uh, for the naming of the child uh, in our tradition. We've kept that from uh, ancient Israelite usage, although we don't have circumcision, which uh, I'm very happy about. Um, now, circumcision is often thought of as, uh, oh, well, that's what they needed that, I guess, for hygiene in the desert or whatever. 
No, what it is is uh, a way of uh, demonstrating on your body that you realize that your whole self, your body as well, belongs to God. And so when Abram, his name was Abram, uh, is circumcised, as the Lord instructs him, his name is changed to Abraham. And uh, that's why it's a, a day of naming when uh, a circumcision takes place. But uh, it's not just this first covenant with, with the Lord. Um, later on, uh, in uh, Sinai, as Moses gives uh, the law to the Israelites, it's repeated that um, I will circumcise your hearts so that you might love God with your whole mind and heart. And uh, the prophet Jeremiah echoes this same sen uh, sentiment. He says, if uh, you want uh, Jerusalem to survive, you, ha you have to circumcise your hearts. You've got to think differently. You've got to relate differently. And uh, St. Paul uh, speaks of this a number of times. Um, in the reading uh, of the letter to the Colossians, that we had today um, in uh, verses 11 and 12 of the second chapter of Colossians um, it says in him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. So St. Paul talks about a spiritual circumcision. For Abraham, it was a change in the way he was going to live, and it was expressed Physically, St. Paul says, let's go even further. This has to be a spiritual circumcision. Uh, in uh, chapter 2, later on, of the same letter of St. Paul to the Colossians, uh, when St. Paul argues against the Judaizers, who are spreading their thought in Rome that everyone has to become Jewish in order to become Christian. St. Paul says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, 
whose praise is not from men, but from God. So, that is very interesting, the way he defines things, because in the state of Israel, your Jewishness is defined by the fact that your mother was, is, is Jewish. Okay? So that's a very physical thing. And you're automatically one of uh, the Jewish nation. But St. Paul said, no, it's about being one inwardly. And this really has um, something to teach us. I've been to, to churches that have magnificent Christian iconography, they have beautiful crosses on top of wonderful domes, but the parish is filled with hatred, divided into groups who can't stand each other, sometimes they can't stand the priest, and sometimes he can't stand them. And just having a cross and domes and all of that stuff doesn't make you a Christian church. It's by our love that people recognize who we are. So it's a very similar concept to what St. Paul is saying to the Colossians. And to the Corinthians, St. Paul says uh, something very similar in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7. He says, Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God, that's what matters. And to the Galatians, in the fifth chapter of the letter to the Galatians, St. Paul says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. And uh, in the next chapter, the sixth chapter of the letter to the Galatians, um, he repeats, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but rather a new creation. So that's a challenge for us. We are to become a new creation. Uh, we are to leave behind the flesh. Now, this doesn't mean to leave behind our bodies. St. Paul uses the word flesh to mean uh, unruly desires, passions, which distract us in life. That's the flesh that we are supposed to leave behind. So he uses the word flesh for that and body as the neutral uh, physical self. Um, so this, is, this cutting off of flesh, which is circumcision, is a cutting off of these fleshly desires. Um, that's what we are called to do because our Lord, who does not need to cut sin out of his life, submitted himself to the physical circumcision 
in order to give us an example that we need to submit ourselves to a circumcision of our hearts. And what better day to commit ourselves to that than uh, the first of the year? To say, Lord, I've got a lot of problems, but I know that you can cut them away with surgical precision in a way that won't hurt me, but will enhance me. St. Basil the Great was a man who took to heart this Christian message, and he created a community of love, uh, the Basiliad, it was called. And there he started schools for the poor, he started hostels for, for travelers, and a hospital for the sick. Um, really a community of service to one another and to others beyond. Uh, and that's why he is intensely interested in questions that we would call today social issues. Um, because he sees this connection that it's not about the, a cross we wear. Look at this huge cross that I have on my chest. If I carry bitterness, anger, hatred in my heart, what is the worth of this cross? It's got to be that I have become a new creation in the Lord. And so St. Basil did that. Was he 100% successful? Did he never sin? No, I'm sure he did sin because we all do. But he made a resolute decision to live in a new way. And not only himself, but to help others live in this new way too. And he is the father of communal monasticism. Uh, Saint Benedict in the West based a lot of his rule on ideas that he got from Saint Basil the Great uh, in the East. And so that's putting these ideas into action. And every parish is to be a little reflection of that kind of community where people love and serve each other and that love overflows onto others as well. Amen. Vimya Otsya Isena Isyatohu Ducha Amin. Christos Rojdaitya. Christ is born.